mentioned, Reese Skye is going to be with us this morning. Uh, can we welcome her up? So, quick snapshot. Uh, Reese and her husband, Phil, co-pastor on Ramps Covenant Church here in the Lowell neighborhood, just south of Tower, neighboring neighborhoods. Um, and they've been doing that for 12 years coming up. Yeah. You don't need to do the... Yeah, we don't need to do the math on age and all that stuff. You just... Just don't even think about it. Um, but I, I think for Reese, if, I need to be careful because you'll, you'll think I'm preaching here in a second if I go through all of who she is and what she does and those kind of things. Um, but aside from pastoring, I, I think a few of the things. One, adjunct professoring at FPU, um, which I appreciate as a seminary grad from there. Um, some of the stuff you're doing with Jesus Collective uh, across the country, the spaces that you're finding yourself in, the leadership there, um, the influence you're having and the responsibility you have in the Evangelical Covenant Church as a denomination. Um, church plant coaching, which I appreciate because I'm a church planner and to have a coach is one of the things that helps tremendously for your sake also. Trust me, this could be worse if I didn't have a good church planning coach, okay? I'm not saying it's great. I'm saying it could be worse. Um, so the number of those things, but what I would say in all of that, their church on ramps, their leadership, while influencing a local neighborhood and a local church body that we are connected to in so many ways, I think they've paved ways in a lot of ways that, that we've been able to learn from and that have been gifts to us. And I know that's true across a number of pastors and leaders and churches in our city and now even more beyond. Um, one of the things that we were partners in early on uh, is Vision 22. So the vision of a church being planted in the, two, in the 22 impoverished neighborhoods here in Fresno and doing that as a network. I mean, these are things that most cities are longing for that don't have. I was at a national conference um, just a few weeks ago, and people are starting to talk about networks. And I actually got to share, I'm thankful for those that have gone before me to create networks of churches working together for the sake of the kingdom in their city and unique neighborhoods. Um, and above all of that, you're an amazing wife and mother and I think friend to so many. Um, so you guys, you are a gift. What you all are up to is a gift. So I'm very just thankful that you all are here with us. So one more time, please welcome Reese and then check out the And I'll just tell you, Ryan, you're very generous with your words. And I'll also tell you that none of that matters if I don't love Jesus and I don't love his people at the end of the day, right? So I've been given a task this morning. I've been given a time frame in which to accomplish that task. You don't invite a black preacher from the west side and give her a time frame. So we're going to jump right in, y'all. We're going to jump right in. <laughs> Come on, Ryan. Lord, thank you. Thank you, God, that you are good and your mercy endures forever. Thank you that your truth continues throughout all generations. Lord, we say that we love you and we honor you and we need you this morning like never before. God, we pray that you would open our ears to hear from you in a fresh way. We pray that you would open our eyes to see you in a fresh way. We pray that you would open our hearts to receive from you in a fresh way. And yes, God, we even pray that you would open our hands so that we would give to you the things that we're trying to hold on to and make space for what it is that you want to give us today. We say thank you in advance for how you're going to move among us. Surprise us, Jesus, with your presence. And we honor you this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So my husband, Phil, he's sitting here. Hey, honey. And my, my mom and dad, they're here. Um, 
My husband and I, we have two daughters, Cadence and Kaylin. They are 17 and 15. Y'all pray for us <laughs> and pray for Phil. No. Um, but one of the things we did very early on is we, very early on, we decided that they would have an assignment in our home, a.k.a. chores. Uh, and, and every Sunday is the day that they would do these chores. And so Cadence, our oldest, she does the, the upstairs bathroom and her bedroom. And then Kaylin, our youngest, her task is the kitchen and her bedroom. That's the assignment. That's the goal. Those are their chores. We, her father and I, their father and I, we prepared in advance for them to do these specific things, period. One Sunday, they decide to be creative. They're upstairs in our bedroom folding laundry. That's so nice, that's so sweet. They're in the front yard washing the dogs. That's so nice, that's so sweet. They're even picking up dog poop in the front yard, which is typically my dad's job because he lives right across the street from us. <laughs> and I'm like, that's so great, that's so cool, amazing. And then nine o'clock rolls around, 9.30 rolls around, p.m. There's a consequence for not getting your chores done. That means you turn in your cell phone for the week. Hmm. Dogs are washed. Laundry's folded. Dog poop is even picked up. But the bedrooms and the bathroom and the kitchen are not done. But mom, dad, we did all these great things for you. You are absolutely right. Thank you so much. Turn in those phones. You know why? Because you didn't do what we prepared in advance for you to do. You didn't do what we assigned you to do. You didn't do the chores that we set aside for you to do. You did all these other great things, and we are grateful. However, there's still a kitchen that needs to be cleaned. There's still an upstairs bathroom that needs to be cleaned, and your bedrooms look like Hurricane Katrina swept through. What is your assignment? We've released you to do a specific assignment, and you didn't do it. You didn't do it. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, he is telling the church, this hub of believers in, in Ephesus, he's telling them, for we are God's handiwork. We are God's handiwork. We are his masterpiece. We are his workmanship. We are his poema, where we get the word poem. We are his work, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. In no way am I saying that Phil and I are God <laughs> and that we created <laughs> specific things for our daughters to do, but you get the point. There's something specific that God has put you on this earth to do. Something specific. God, what did you have in mind when you created Nina? He makes no mistakes, Jeff. He knows exactly what you were put on this earth to do. He knows every little detail about you, Sandy, and he is unleashing you, not into potential, but into purpose. There's a difference between potential and purpose. I love the way uh, church leadership consultant Anthony Hilder says, potential is you saying, and we, we mean well, y'all, we mean well, but we're saying, oh yeah, Denise, she can do whatever she wants to do. She's so gifted at so many different things. She can do whatever she wants to do and achieve whatever she wants to do and go far. That's potential. But purpose is, Denise, she is gifted and she only does what the Father tells her to do. 
She's operating in God's will for her life. And so when we talk about this morning being unleashed and empowered to do what Holy Spirit has empowered us to do, we're not talking about potential. We're talking about purpose. Unleashed, this idea of being released from restraint, unchained, untied, freed, loosed, and unshackled. Someone once said that a person who is serious about fulfilling his or her purpose will learn to view all of life through the grid of God's intentions. Again, God, what did you have in mind when you created me? Sure, I can pick up dog poop. Sure, I can wash the dog. Sure, I can fold the laundry. But did you give me the assignment of the bathroom? What did you have in mind, God? And so t this morning, very quickly, with a little bit of time that Ryan gave me, Woo, Jesus, I just want to talk real quickly about three factors, three factors to remember when being unleashed. Three factors to remember when being unleashed. And for those of you who need to know the roadmap before you get on the road, the first factor is remember your posture. The second factor is remember your portion. And the third factor is remember your permission. Remember your posture, remember your portion, remember your permission. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Those of you who have your Bibles, you can turn really quickly. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in according with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Sober judgment. Remember your posture. We understand that the reason for the gifts of God the reason for spiritual gifts is really to edify the body of Christ, but also to show, show the love of Christ to those who don't know him yet. And so with this in mind, we must think of ourselves with sober judgment. Yes, we're gifted. Some of us are even cute. Some of us are smart, got education, but sober judgment, y'all. Sober judgment. We know that God's gifts to us require us to remain humble. Humble, humility, stay hidden behind the cross, stay low, remain humble. Think of yourselves with sober judgment. This is our posture when we are being unleashed. We also take up the posture of integrity. Does what we say match how we live? A posture of integrity. We, we take up this posture of discernment. There are a lot of great things that we can get involved in. There are a lot of great people that we can connect with. There are a lot of discernment. Not everything is for everybody. Discernment. Take up the posture of discernment. And of course, take up the posture of love. None of what we do matters if we don't have love. Fruit of the Spirit, what? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It starts off with love for a reason, y'all. Love. Love. A posture of love. Even when they don't treat you right. Love. 
even when they blast your name on social media or telling all kinds of lies, love. Love. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. When we talk about remembering our posture, we are taking on a posture of awareness. Awareness. We don't just sing the song, where's Nina? We don't just sing the song, let us become more aware of your presence. We also want to become aware of what he's put us on this earth to do. The more we are aware of his presence, the more we are aware of our purpose. So this is the posture that we carry. Remember our posture of awareness, awareness of his good and pleasing and perfect will for our lives. This posture of awareness. Second thing we need to remember while we are being unleashed by the Holy Spirit to do good works is we remember our portion. You remember your portion. You remember your posture, and then you remember your portion. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. Romans chapter 12 reminds us, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Remember your portion. I know we just met, many of us, and I'm not trying to be in your business, but I just want to suggest to you this morning that perhaps some of you, perhaps many of you, are burnt out and tired. You're exhausted because you have failed to remember your portion. You have failed to remember what God has actually given you to carry. I'll just speak for myself. Again, I know some of us just met. I'll speak for myself and just say last year, uh, 2022, I was able to take a sabbatical. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ on high. I was able to take a sabbatical um, from Mar March, April, and May. Y'all, bless, bless, your, bless your pastor with a sabbatical, please. He didn't tell me to say this. I'm saying this. Bless your pastor with a sabbatical. Sooner rather than later. I'm telling you what I know, not what I heard. Okay, so I was able to take a sabbatical, and um, there, there were a lot of things going on, a lot of things that led up to um, me needing to take a sabbatical. Um, fun fact, there, there's a, a research group called the Barna Research Group, it's a Christian um, research group, and they, um, they, in one of their latest studies, they, they found that um, every person in their lifetime, on average, would experience three deep betrayals per lifetime. And then they went on with their research and they discovered that um, every pastor on average will experience seven deep betrayals per year. Okay, so my husband and I have been in ministry, in, in pastoral ministry 12 years, so you do the math, 12 times seven. Okay, I needed a sabbatical, y'all, okay? I was hurt, I was tired, I was burnt out, I was exhausted, I was frustrated, I was resentful. Um, my, my love for the neighborhood and for the people started fading. Like, I'm just telling y'all, hello, telling you the truth. Okay, took a sabbatical, God bless me. At the end of the day, I realized that the need for my sabbatical, a part of the need for my sabbatical was because I failed to remember my portion. I was doing too much. I was trying to be there for everybody but me. 
I forgot my portion. I forgot that God is the one who is responsible for the world, and I was just responsible for the one. The one that he put in front of me, moment by moment by moment. Remember your portion. Like Jethro to Moses in Exodus chapter 18, it's one of the most fascinating stories in scripture to me, if, you, if, if, if I'm being honest. Moses is leading the people. He's doing all these great things. And his father-in-law, Jethro, he's like, mm, yeah, no, what you're doing is not good. You need some help, bro. You need help. You are going to tire yourself out, and the people will not be satisfied. So he told him to do what? Broaden the base of leadership. Find some folks who will help you, who will help, who will help uh, decide on all these cases. And he then gave them, you know, some thousand, a hundred, fifty, tens. He was able to, at that time, remember his portion because someone who he respected stepped into his life and said, what you're doing is not good. You're going to burn yourself out. Remember your portion. Even David, David in 1 Samuel chapter 17, when he's literally minding his business, his father says, go take your brother some food. They're tired. They're on the battlefield. He's like, okay, do, 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 minding my own business. Oh, wait, this big old champion Goliath is mocking God and mocking God's people and ain't nobody saying nothing to him. All right, bet. Let's go. So he's like, I'm up for the challenge. Let's go, Goliath, because you're not just going to talk about God like this and you're not just going to talk about God's people like this. What does King Saul do? Oh, here, here, here. Here's this, here's this armor. Put this armor on. That's how you'll fight. That's how you'll win. And David's like, okay. Uh-uh. This ain't my portion. But what is my portion are these, uh, these smooth uh, stones in this brook right here. Okay? Remember your portion. What if, what if David tried to fight Goliath in armor that was not assigned to him? Remember your portion. Remember your portion. Third and final point, and I'm on my way down with Sean to Belmont, to Calaveras, back home. Remember your permission. Remember your permission. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, verses 11 and 12. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So Christ himself gave. Christ himself gave permission. Christ himself gave. Jo Saxton, um, she's an author and speaker. She says, your gifts and abilities are not accidents, but they are gifts from your creator who already saw you as valuable and worthy. You're already valuable. You're already worthy. And therefore, you have permission to do the things that God has assigned you to do. Let me pause really quickly and say this. There may, there may be barriers that you may be facing that's almost like paralyzing you from doing the things that God has unleashed you to do. One of the main barriers that I believe every believer faces today is shame. Shame. Yes, I'm valuable. Yes, I'm worthy. But, oof, I'm wrestling with this shame. 
I don't know who this is for this morning, but I'm just going to stay here for a little bit, Ryan, just a little bit. Guilt says, I made a mistake. Shame says, I am a mistake. Guilt says, I messed up. Shame says, I am a mess up. Guilt says, I did something really bad. Shame says, I am bad. Some of y'all are stuck in shame. You don't fully believe that you are valuable and you are worthy to be unleashed to do the things that God has called you to do. And so we just break off shame in the name of Jesus. It's not your portion. It does not belong to you. Freedom belongs to you. Not shame. Not shame. We send that shame back to the pit of hell from whence it came. Shame does not belong to you. Remember that you have been given permission You've been unleashed and given permission to do what God has called you to do. We have been given access to all of these gifts, and we've been given permission to use them. A couple of years back, I had an opportunity to, to take a young lady to, um, to the store to get some shoes. It was her first time getting shoes, first time in a shoe store. And this young lady, we'll, we'll call her Susie, because every great story has a Susie in it. Um, so Susie, so she's at this store, and I'm, I'm just trying to help her find, you know, whatever she, wa whatever she wants, whatever she likes. I'm like, Susie, whatever pair of shoes you want, they're yours. And so she goes over to a, pair sh to, to a shoe, you know, on the display rack, and she looks at it. She's like, this is really beautiful. And she looks inside, and she puts it back. And then she goes to another section of the store and she, she picks up a shoe and this is, this is really beautiful. And she looks at it, looks on the inside, and then she puts it back. And she did this several times. And I'm like, Susie, is everything okay? Like, what's, what's going on? And she said, Pastor Reese, um, these shoes are really beautiful and I really like them and I really want them, but they're not my size. And I said, Oh my gosh, she's never been to a shoe store before. She doesn't know how this works. Susie, what you see on the display is just a foretaste of what's behind the counter, what's behind the, the warehouse. You actually have access to more than what you can see. So you choose what shoes you like, and then what you do is you don't pay attention to what size is written here. You just go to the person at the counter and you say, can I try this on? I've been given permission to buy this shoe by my pastor who just brought me shopping. Many of us are stuck because we're looking at all these great things that we want to be a part of that God has invited us into and we're saying, but this, this isn't, there's more in the back, y'all. You have access to what's in the back. You have access to what's in the warehouse. You've been given permission to have access to what's behind the counter, to what's, what's behind the warehouse. You've been given permission. There's more in the back. Susie had access to more. All she needed to do was remember her permission. The late Frederick Buchner, author and theologian, he says that your vocation in life is where your greatest joy meets the world's greatest needs. Your vocation in life is where your greatest joy 
meets the world's greatest need. Don't think for a moment that God is going to stir something up inside of you and there's no need for it in the world. Some of you all are stuck. Oh, it's just a good idea, but I'm just going to sit on it. I'll let somebody else. There's a need for it. God wouldn't have given you the burden if there wasn't a need for it in the world. And you've been given permission to be unleashed to do that thing. You yourselves, you are gifts to this community. And you have gifts to be used in this community. You have been completely unleashed and empowered by the Holy Spirit to live fully into all that God has invited you into. Yes, for the sake of your communities, for the sake of your families. Some of your families are like, aren't you the Christian? Shouldn't you be leading us right now? Why is our family so jacked up? What's happening? I have a friend right now whose family is plagued by gun violence. She's been released and, 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 and unleashed in this family to say, no more. No more. We will live to an old age. We will live to see our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren grow up. We're not going to die young anymore by gun violence. We're not doing that anymore. Some of your family members are waiting for you to step up and use the gifts. Some of your jobs, oh my gosh, y'all are trying to hurry up and quit. <laughs> That's it. I'm putting in my two weeks today. And God is like, no, you're not. There is an assignment for you on this job. There's an assignment for you on this job. You cannot quit, Daniel. You cannot quit. There's a purpose for you here. My encouragement for you all today, don't get caught up folding laundry. <laughs> don't get caught up washing the dogs. Don't get caught up picking up dog poop, as important as that is, Daddy. <laughs> don't get caught up doing any of that. When you know that what he has prepared for you in advance is to take care of the bedroom, take care of the bathroom, take care of the kitchen. To do all of this well, you must remember your posture, you must remember your portion, and you must remember your permission. God, we thank you so much that you are generous with your love, you are generous with your gifts, you are generous with even your trust in us to do what you have invited us to do. We don't take any of it for granted. God, we know that it is only by your will and by your purpose that we have been invited to partner with you, this great co-mission. We join you on your mission, the work that you are already doing in the world. We thank you that you see us and you say, yes, come and join me. Lord, for some of us, we are wrestling through that shame. We're wrestling through that exhaustion. We're wrestling through perhaps even confusion about who we are and what you have invited us to do. God, I pray that today that there was something said that would bring so much clarity that we know what next steps to take. And we thank you that by the guiding of your Holy Spirit, we will be able to do the good works that you prepared in advance for us to do for your kingdom's sake, for your glory and for our neighbor's good. In Jesus' name, we love you and we thank you. Amen. Amen.